0: His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And I'm still a little bit froggy. Yeah, a little bit. But gonna soldier through it. Yay! And and it's a very special episode today, David.
1: Oh no, was someone hiding in a refrigerator and and no one could find them?
0: No, this is not that kind of special episode. Mm. It's my birthday.
1: You're right, it is.
0: Yay! Go me. Happy birthday. I'm... I say go me, I didn't do anything. I You came, survived. I came out of another person. I had very little to do with that.
1: You experienced 2020 and 2021 and you're still fucking here. I think you deserve a go you.
0: That's fair. A little bummed. I had to I don't normally work today. It's a day of the week I don't normally work. Yeah. But COVID is making its way around my office. Mm-hmm. And the flu also in general. So I went into work. But it was super slow and I ordered myself some sushi for dinner and that was good Yay. and delicious. And was actually delivered to me this time.
1: Mm yes. <laughs> I've
0: been having bad luck with food delivery the past week or so. But anyway, it's my birthday. hmm And I wanna start off by talking about the year I was born.
1: Hmm. From the day she was born, she was troubled.
0: I was not actually I don't know. <laughs> we can ask my mother. about that i guess
1: i was just spoofing rocky horror picture show
0: i know you were but like i'm sure i'll get a text message on thursday well from my mom letting me know how what a troublesome child i was Mm. i was adorable so there's that
1: that is true i have seen pictures you were adorable
0: thank you i don't know what happened Hey, Um, (laughs) hey, hey all right so let's talk about 1985 all right because that is the year i was born I feel like I'm super lucky because I, if, I feel like if you're born on a year that's a multiple of five, remembering how old you are is very easy.
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier than uh, being born on a nine year.
0: Yeah, my mom is born on a three year and my sister was born on a seven year. Mm. So they have to do a little bit more math than I do. My dad and I were both born on multiples of five. So we are very lucky. In Wait,
1: that. so if I slip into the mix, we've got three, five, seven, nine. All we need is a one and we've got all the odds.
0: Yeah, we don't have a one because my dad's is uh, 60. Mm. So we don't have anybody that was born on the first of any month. You mean year? Yes. Sure. Yes. Because you were talking years. I was talking years. (laughs) Listen, I'm still getting over being sick. My brain is not working 100%. Fuck off. Anyway, so some interesting stuff that happened. I just knocked (laughs) over my fucking tablet. Hold on. All right. This is not a load-bearing tablet. No, it is not. So some interesting facts of things that happened in 1985. Amadeus mm. swept the 57th Annual Academy Awards. Eight wins. Yeah. Including Best Picture, Best Director for Milos Forman, and Best Actor for F. Murray Abraham, who played Salieri.
1: Great movie.
0: Yeah. Tom Hulse, who played Amadeus, was also nominated for Best Actor, but but F. Murray Abraham beat him out.
1: It almost seems like some poetic justice there, a little sa- bit because Solieri kind of, at least in the film, was very much depicted as, as the yeah could have been a contender, but but was over overshone. Oh, he yeah. didn't shine as brightly, but more consistently.
0: There, there's a really good history buffs episode mm-hmm. on YouTube about the movie Amadeus and how accurate it is. The whole rivalry between uh, Mozart and Solieri it it is not it wasn't a thing, right. If there was anything, it would have been like a friendly rivalry. It would not have been like actively trying to ruin the dude's career the way it's made to seem in the film. Also happening in March of 1985, Mikhail Gorbachev becomes the leader of the Soviet Union. Yes. In April, Coke releases new Coke.
1: Great job, Coke.
0: It does not go well. People fucking hate it.
1: No, it was awful.
0: Three months. Really? took took him three months to change it back. But they also released Cherry Coke in 1985. I don't know what month, but they released Cherry Coke, which is my favorite form of Coke. Coca-Cola.
1: Okay. (laughs) I was going to say, I didn't know they flavored it.
0: No, shut up. In June, Studio Ghibli was founded in Tokyo. Nice. Also in June, famous uh, Route 66 was uh, decommissioned from the U.S. highway system. Mm. So you can no longer get your kicks on Route 66. Unfortunately. Boo. In July, Live Aid mm. concerts were held in Philadelphia and London to raise funds for famine relief in Ethiopia. Yes. Uh, Queen actually played at the London one for like half an hour. Nice. Something like that. In August, Richard Ramirez, mm. aka ah. a- 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 the Night Stalker, yes.
1: <laughs> a local celebrity when I was a child. Yeah.
0: He was captured in LA in August of '85.
1: Where I lived Yes I mean not, at my, not in my home But like No It I, I Okay so I, I'm sorry to steal from your thunder No go ahead
0: Tell your Ramirez story
1: So I was an odd child
0: no. I haven't changed
1: um, I didn't watch Sesame Street I didn't watch A lot of children's stuff I enjoyed things like Rescue 911 The People's Court Oh my god um, I watched Threads As a child um, and also that uh that one british animated
0: um, thing a, a, where the wind blows
1: yeah about nuclear fallout i was yeah. very concerned about n- you know nuclear bombs and things well,
0: like yeah, that well yeah of course i mean Cold yeah War. We,
1: well and yeah we had earthquake drills but i didn't really there's nothing you can do about an earthquake but a nuclear bomb you can kind of see coming go figure i moved to missouri where you can track the impending doom of a tornado so it's kind of like worst case scenario here anyway <laughs> Um, when the Night Stalker was out and about, I just knew that there was a murderer that was uh, pretty brutal. So me and my stuffed puppet dog Wags,
0: oh, that um, was adorable.
1: A little brown and white puppet. It wasn't a full-on stuffed animal, but it was really easy to hug. Yeah. Anyway, he and I would I would sleep with my feet under my pillow and my head down where the feet were because I was under the impression he was an axe murderer. <laughs> And if he tried to cut off my head, he would only cut off my feet, and I would survive. Ah. I was trying to... Trying to trick him. Do a clever ruse. Also, I had Legos all over my floor for like a year. I could... Yeah. Granted, every time I had to get up to go pee, I had to be very careful. Otherwise, it was very painful.
0: Yeah. Because because of Legos. Stepping on Legos is awful. Yeah. Anyway. No, you're fine. So in September of 85, they located the wreck of the Titanic.
1: Yes, I was six.
0: I didn't realize that it had taken them that long. Well, but apparently, I, I assumed that they had some general idea of where it was.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure they had a general idea, but then they had to wait for James Cameron to come into prominence and in film. This is
0: before James Cameron.
1: Well, I mean, you know, he he was getting ready to do Terminator.
0: Well, still, this yeah. it was like a joint... I know France, I don't remember the other country that was involved. I don't remember.
1: U.S., Great Britain... Probably one of them. I
0: don't remember. And then in October, the Nintendo Entertainment System was mm-hmm. released in the United States. Very and nice. toy stores made the amazing decision to put it in the boys' toy section to where female gamers are to this day having to deal with the fact that, well, oh, video games are for boys.
1: No, they're they're not.
0: No, we still are.
1: No, I'm, I'm saying video games are not just for boys.
0: Oh, no, I agree. They aren't. But, yeah. That I, would, was a, I
1: would love to spend the rest of this episode talking about the toxicity that exists the, and the toxicity, grows. Yeah,
0: the toxicity and misogyny of most entertainment.
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah,
0: no. We'll, we'll do a special episode at one point.
1: Ooh, another very special episode. Yeah. I'm all for that.
0: So one other thing that I think was really cool, because you know how I am about true crime. hmm I couldn't find the exact date
1: mm-hmm.
0: of this. But DNA was used in a criminal case for the first time in 1985. Nice. Which I think is neat. The number one song on my birthday, mm-hmm. Madonna's Like a Virgin. My least favorite Madonna song. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I like it better than Ray of Light.
0: Yeah, that's fair. There were three really significant deaths in 1985. All of them in October and two of them on the same day. What? Yeah. So Rock Hudson mm-hmm. died October 2nd. And then Yul Brynner and Orson Welles both died on October 10th. Wow. I know. I just thought that was really interesting. That That's wild. I know. Wacky food trends of 1985.
1: Mmm. Yes, I survived them all.
0: And some of these are things that are still, I mean...
1: Well, hit, hit me with them and I'll tell you whether or not they were successful.
0: Angel hair pasta. Yeah, it's fine. Chicken and veal marsala. Oh, yeah. Which I don't think I've ever had.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah.
0: I know I've had this next one French onion soup. Oh, yeah. Pesto. Mmm. And sushi.
1: Yeah, all of those are winners. Yeah. They're all winners.
0: Yeah, there weren't any that I saw that were completely the. You know what I mean?
1: I thought you were going to say something like, you know, one of those, like, well, I mean, it was the 80s. So, I mean. Yeah, this was the
0: 80s. We were past using jello for everything.
1: Fair. Especially mixing mayonnaise and jello, which is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, let's not ever revisit those mm-hmm. times Mm-mm. again.
0: Nope. There's a guy on TikTok, Dylan Hollis, who makes all these uh old recipes, mm-hmm. and they're so good. If you if you're if you are a person who likes to browse TikTok, check them out because they're great.
1: He's also ported a lot of it to YouTube as to well. To
0: YouTube, yeah. Uh so the top 5 shows mm-hmm. of 1985, I've watched at least one episode of all of these shows except for one.
1: Okay. What you got?
0: So starting with five and going to one, number five is Cheers.
1: Mm-hmm. That place where everybody knows your name.
0: Yeah. 60 Minutes.
1: Mm. Morley Safer, Diane Sawyer, Andy Rooney.
0: I don't recall ever watching a whole episode of 60 Minutes.
1: Oh, I used but to- But I was a
0: kid, so-
1: I was too, but see, I watched it like a hawk.
0: Yeah, but because you were imme- a different kind of kid.
1: immediately after 60 Minutes was Murder, She Wrote.
0: Murder, She Wrote is show number three. Ha <laughs> ha! My mom loved Murder, She Wrote back in the day.
1: AKA murder she did because no one was dying until Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Fletcher, Fletcher showed up. up. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Number two is family ties.
1: Mm. And yeah, number was, that was a that was a time.
0: Did you have a crush on one of the one of the daughters?
1: No, I was consistently offended by Alex P. Keaton.
0: Mm, that's fair. And tracks. Number one is the Cosby show. Yeah at
1: age like milk. Oh
0: my god, I know, right? Jesus highest grossing films mm-hmm. again we're gonna go five to one okay I I have seen one of these movies
1: okay hit me
0: out of Africa
1: oh great movie
0: the color purple oh yeah Rocky four
1: mm-hmm <laughs> I must break
0: you Oh is that the one with Ivan Drago yeah oh okay yeah yeah uh Rambo first blood part two mm,
1: yes yes I had a I had a t-shirt that they silkscreened. Uh, and it was, like, in the early days of, like, adding a digital image to something. Mm-hmm. And I had two shirts. One was me, but my face replaced Rambo's face.
0: That's fucking adorable. I, I also <laughs>
1: had one that had my face replacing Arnold Schwarzenegger's face from Predator.
0: Oh, okay. Different
1: years, but... Well, yeah. But, yeah, it, it was, uh, I think, about six washes and, and those shirts were pretty much ruined. yeah. But still, it, it was neat. And, and I mean, everybody was putting on red headbands and... Uh,
0: yeah, I've never seen any of the Rocky films. I've never seen any of the Rambo films. I had a
1: bunch of those Entertech squirt guns that became illegal because kids were getting shot in LA.
0: Oh, because they look like real guns?
1: Well, and they were battery powered automatic squirt guns.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So
1: like, you know, you would reload them with the magazine. Oh, God. Yeah. So I mean, they like... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was before Orange Tips and all that stuff. Yeah, this is
0: before toy companies had to do something to make it clear this was not a real gun. Yeah. So the number one highest grossing film of 1985 it's Marty! To, it's Back to the Future. Sorry for... <laughs> you all can't see, but I, I pointed to the Back to the Future poster that I have on our wall. <laughs> it's a very small poster. I bought it when um, I went to Universal Studios Florida when I was in my early 20s.
1: You know, he's kind of straddling that flame. I know. And... Yeah. Jeans kind of works like a he's gonna cook his boys in his crotch pot cooker
0: anyway okay so the last facts i have because it's me the best-selling books Mm. of 1985 i have read one of them (laughs) wait no no i've read two okay i forgot i read one of them because it just made no impact on me whatsoever so contact by carl sagan
1: Mm. yeah
0: charterhouse dune by frank herbert the Cider House Rules by John Irving. Okay. And A Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood.
1: Is that five movies or five books?
0: I only did four.
1: Oh, you only did four. Although
0: I, I will say, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie was first published in
1: 1985. Oh, that's so, a good book.
0: It is. It's a children's book, but it is a good book. Cider House Rules and A Handmaid's Tale are the only two that I've read. Handmaid's Tale I've read multiple times. Right. Just because it's a really good book. Yeah. So yeah, those are your 1985 facts that I chose to share. Ta-da.
1: Congrats, you're well done.
0: Yes. I don't remember anything that happened in 1985 because I was a baby.
1: Mm. 85 was weird. I started school.
0: Oh, that's right. You were like six.
1: Yeah. So actually I was in, I was in, shoot, I was in second grade. Yeah. First grade, second grade.
0: Well, because you would turn six in... That doesn't matter in
1: California. Oh,
0: that doesn't matter in California. Okay, yeah, it matters that, in that the Midwest. Ar-
1: that archaic crap that the Midwest does where it's like if you're not a certain age by September, then you have to wait a year. No, no.
0: Yeah.
1: That that That's not how it works in California. Yeah. I was the second youngest person in my graduating class when I did graduate in St. Louis because of that.
0: Yeah. my My poor nephew had to wait an entire year to start school because of like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> He was two weeks past the cutoff for age as far as like... So, yeah, he had to wait and turned six not long after he started kindergarten. Well,
1: he and I have the same birth month. So, yeah, I totally yeah. get it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's get into movies. Yes.
1: What, what, what are we here for?
0: Okay. So I just kind of picked two movies that I really enjoy. From
1: 1985?
0: Um, well, no. 1985 was not a great year for horror movies. Maybe we'll do that next year. Cool. We'll, um, we'll find
1: some weird gems.
0: Yeah, sure. I just picked two movies that I really enjoy watching. Mm. One of them does have a birthday tie-in theme. So let's start with that one.
1: Okay, that that works for me. Let's do it.
0: Let's talk about Happy Death Day. Mm. Recent uh, entry. Yes. 2017. I fucking love this movie. It is a good movie. I, I love Christopher Landon. He's such a good director. And... I love his stuff. He's also a really good writer because he wrote Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, mm-hmm. which I have watched since we recorded our last episode mm-hmm. where we said we tried to watch it and the subtitles were weird. I ended up watching it on my tablet with the because sub- I could change the subtitles and put right. on headphones and everything. Oh my God, it's so good.
1: I'm really happy that he's doing really well with horror because when I first heard that he was doing you know horror things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: see, I-, I knew his dad. Michael Landon? Yeah. Yeah. Not a very horror themed. Highway to Heaven was not very horror themed, nor was, nor was, nor was little, little House, house on, on the, the prairie.
0: prairie.
1: No. It's twice now.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's bound to happen when you've been together as long as we have. Fair. Uh, so yeah, happy death day. College student Tree is stuck in a death loop, being murdered repeatedly on her birthday. To end the cycle, she has to figure out who wants her dead and stop them. And it's...
1: Yeah, you know, it almost sounds like a video game.
0: Oh, my God. Well, and that's the thing. 2021 was such a big year for Deathloop games. Yeah,
1: and like, there's literally,
0: loops. Yeah, there's literally a game called Deathloop that came out in 2021.
1: And several others that have some sort of roguelike element of yeah, looping. Returnal,
0: and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot. A lot of people, when this movie came out, kind of called it, like, the slasher version of Groundhog Day.
1: Well, I love Groundhog Day, so I, I was down for this.
0: Yeah, it's... The humor is so great. So directed by Christopher Landon, written by Scott Lobdell. Jessica Roth is Tree. She was Samantha on Utopia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israel Brassard is Carter. I didn't realize this. You, you remember that movie Extinction we watched with Michael Pena? Yeah. Israel Brassard is Miles, the human soldier yeah. who initially who tells him, hey, you're what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was him. Ruby Modine is Lori. She's uh, Sierra on Shameless. Mm -hmm. She's in the later seasons we haven't gotten to yet. She's also Matthew Modine's kid. Oh, cool. Charles Aitken is Gregory. He was Henry Robertson on The Nick. Rob Mello is John Toomes. He was Yuri on 1883. Okay. Rachel Matthews is Danielle. She's Magpie on Batwoman. She is also uh, Christopher Landon's niece. Oh, cool. And you're going to have to help me pronounce this name.
1: Mm. no. Fivu?
0: Fivu is Ryan.
1: That's my best guess. Carter's very...
0: roommate. hmm P-H-I space V-U.
1: It's either Fivu or Fivu. Yeah. And Fivu just sounds like Fival, so I, I opted to go for Fee.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Budget of $4.8 million. Box office of 125.5.: Yeah! Which is fucking...
1: For a slasher. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, but horror comedy. Mm hmm. Because, I mean, it's much more horror than comedy, but the comedy elements keep it light enough that no matter how dark it seems, no, no matter how tense it gets, you still know the premise after the second or third time. It, it, it just, it just, it doesn't. It, it's one of those movies where you look at the runtime and then you go, didn't feel that long. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a super long movie, but. No. You're just like,
0: whew, And and for a PG-13, it's PG-13. So for a PG-13 horror movie, it's pretty good. Yeah. Because I, historically, I'm not a fan of PG-13 horror movies unless they're made to be Mm PG-13. Because more often than not, when they're being shot, they are being shot with a director and everybody assuming that they're just going to go for an R rating. And then the studio comes in and says, no, we need to yoink all this to make it PG-13 to release to a wider market. Right. And it ends up ruining the movie.
1: Whereas if you go in with the plan of doing a PG-13 movie, then you can shoot things differently and you can right. you can, you know, rewrite things in a way that will work without having to slash your slasher.
0: Precisely. And there are several films that recently have done that. Happy Death Day is one of them. The Final Girls is rated PG-13. Yeah. Um, the Conjuring, the mm-hmm. first Conjuring film, is really good. That's PG-13. Yeah.
1: And
0: so it can be done if you go into it knowing that that's what you want to do.
1: Not only that, but with PG-13, you can still say fuck once.
0: You can say it once, yes. Uh, although it can't be in relation to the actual act of sex. Hmm. That's part of It's part of the rule, and I don't know why.
1: I learned that little tidbit from uh, Be Cool.
0: Yeah. I don't remember where I learned it. Anyway. Uh, so I have one fun fact. So the the college the tree goes to, their mascot is some sort of, like, baby face thing. Uh-huh. So when he was asked why a baby mask, uh, Christopher Landon says he needed a combination of something that would pass for a mascot on a college campus that was both scary and funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he actually used a mock-up of the baby mask to see if he could scare someone in his office, and it totally worked. Right. So he was like, "Okay, we're going with this."
1: Yeah, it's off-putting, and and the the, the way it's shaped, it's very—I wouldn't even say it's uncanny valley; it's just off-putting.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and apparently he was also expecting his uh, his son at the time, and so mm. he just kind of had babies on the brain. But as far as like babies being a mascot for a thing, um, my hometown. One of the high schools, their mascot is the cupid doll. So like seeing this movie and seeing a college campus that had like some sort of baby thing as their mascot was totally normal to me.
1: Well, see, and I was never exposed to a cupid doll. Mm-hmm. But when I lived in Japan, QP brand mayonnaise Oh yeah, is, is a thing. And I don't like mayonnaise. So I would have hated being a cupid.
0: Yeah, it's a whole thing in my hometown.
1: Yeah, my not to offend any Cupies listening. I'm just saying it would have been off-putting to me based on my experience with it being connected to mayonnaise.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. No, the friend... I'm thinking about it. The friends of mine from high school and college, I can only think of one that went to that school, mm-hmm. and they won't give a fuck. Cool. So, it's gray. Oh. They won't care. No. Anyway... So let's talk about Happy Death Day.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) This is the tangent show. I know.
0: Fuck, I'm sorry.
1: No, it's fine. We're having fun. That's the entire point of this.
0: Yeah. One of the things I like about this is um, at one point after going through several loops, Tree passes out and they take her to the hospital and they do these, they do x-rays and scans and stuff. And they say it looks like she's experienced like, a lot of different physical trauma. And so we get this thing that's kind of different when it comes to Deathloop films, where the injuries actually carry over. Right. Which is something that I don't think... I don't think they... I know they didn't do it in Groundhog Day. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm Phil not, was fine. Yeah. And that would be a cool mechanic, I think, for a for one of the many Death Loop video games. Mm. I don't think any of them have it.
1: The only thing I can think of that... Would be similar. It's it's not from this past year, but actually, if you look at something like uh, Outer Worlds, okay, in the video game Outer Worlds, if you say take X amount of you know frequency of uh, severe damage from say robots, it will offer you this I guess perk disadvantage, whatever that basically just says uh, yeah you're just weaker to, you know you you can take this bonus get a skill point but you're also now weaker to robots yeah it kind of builds your character out a little bit which is kind of neat and i mean you can say no i don't think so i i want to just take the normal amount of damage from robots but i would always take them because it's like you know what i do keep getting my ass handed to me by robots i'll take that added skill use that to maybe help myself not get hurt And just avoid damage from robots.
0: Yeah, there are some RPGs where it's like, you get this skill, but you also have to deal with this now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the gun upgrades you can get in Wolfenstein, the new Colossus, Mm -hmm. are like, you get this thing, but this also happens. Uh, I mean,
1: I think that just comes down to... But that's to... more,
0: that's weaponry that has nothing to do with your physical body.
1: Right. I mean, it's a weaponry preference more than any, you know, like silenced does a little bit less damage.
0: Yeah. One of the other things I really like about this movie is Tree gets an opportunity to grow as a person mm-hmm. because we find out at one point she and her mom shared a birthday. Yeah. And three years prior to the events of the film, her mom died, I think, of some form of cancer. Yeah. And... She's just been kind of dealing with that emotional trauma by just kind of being flippant and not really being the nicest person. She, like, avoids her dad.
1: So she's not really dealing with the trauma. She's, She's just compartmentalizing it in a way. Right. She's lashing out as much as she's allowing herself to in ways that... Allow her to not have to deal with the trauma,
0: right? Which I I can kind of imagine because my mom and I we don't have the same birthday, but her birthday is the day before mine, right? So I I can imagine the first the first year I have a birthday without her is going to be really fucking hard. Mm. So I totally get where Tree's coming from. Yeah but i love that she gets the chance to through these loops realize that she's been being kind of a bitch Mm -hmm. and she gets the opportunity to fix it and to grow as a person
1: i personally love when when she's gone through a few loops she's a lot more cut to the chase on things she's like okay yes i know who you are okay let's move on yeah we've done that we've done this part before yeah let me get to a part that actually matters so i can change it
0: yeah exactly Overall, I think it's a really good film. I don't want to go into it too much because it is still fairly new. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's one of those movies that people kind of slept on. Yeah. Does that make any kind of sense? Oh, yeah. So I want people to watch it. It is so good. It's enjoyable. It's, it's very enjoyable. It's funny. There's these great little comedy. There's all these great comedy beats. It also introduced me to my favorite Demi Lovato song. Mm. Because there's this whole montage of her going through the loops mm-hmm. that is set to Demi Lovato's "Confident," mm-hmm. and I had never heard that song before. And like immediately after, I'm like pulling up Spotify so I can add it to one of to like three different playlists.
1: Which I mean, it was a treat for me because uh, Camp Rock.
0: You yeah. Uh,
1: I'm sorry, I'm a sucker for Camp Rock.
0: That is the one- <laughs> we're gonna have to at one point do like a a, a random episode. Where we don't talk about horror, we talk about the random weird stuff that's not horror-related that we enjoy. Because the fact that you love Camp Rock, I and just And Camp find, Rock 2. Yes. I've never, I've never seen any of the Camp Rock movies. Look,
1: Alison Stoner's in it. She did a lot of the choreography for it. I know. Um, You know, Moisesarius is in it. Uh, it sorry.
0: it it was a, The Jonas Brothers are in it.
1: Yes, that too. <laughs> the Attractive One and the Other Two
0: sorry it was just i grew up watching some disney channel movies but i was in the cadet kelly cadet kelly halloween town Mm -hmm. xenon girl from the 21st century
1: cadet kelly rocks
0: cadet kelly is good yes anyway moving on let's go ahead and and pivot pivot (laughs) (laughs) um I love it. I know all these weird, stupid jokes from Friends. I was not allowed to watch Friends, and I've never had the desire to watch it as an adult, but like I still, it's part of the cultural zeitgeist. So when I hear the word pivot, I just think of Ross and them trying to move a couch. Yeah. It, it's irritating. Anyway, let's talk about the other random film I picked for this. Yeah. Which I know you have thoughts mm-hmm. Children of the Corn mm-hmm. from 1984. Which, in, incidentally, mm-hmm. the, the main events of the film, where we have Bert and Vicky, take place on Bert's birthday. So it's technically...
1: Also... Oh,
0: it's technically part of the birthday theme. Wow. I know. I didn't realize that until I was uh, re-watching it. And I had forgotten. I've, we've watched this, I've watched this movie a million times. But I always forget about the part at the beginning where Vicky and Bert are in a hotel room. Because they're traveling cross country and she like wakes him up to wish him happy birthday and gives him a lighter and I was like, Oh fuck yeah, it is his birthday. Hooray, this actually ties in with the birthday theme. Go me. I just picked it randomly because I like watching this movie, but uh anyway. Yeah. David does not like watching this movie, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Okay. So on their way to Seattle, Bert and Vicky become lost in rural Nebraska. And come up against a cult of children who worship a malevolent deity they call He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Directed by Fritz Kirsch. Screenplay by George Goldsmith based on a short story by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, Stephen King actually did write a screenplay for this, but the studio didn't like it. Huh. <laughs> so they scrapped it and had this Jerry Goldsmith guy write a, write a screenplay instead.
1: Jerry Goldsmith?
0: I'm sorry, George Goldsmith. My bad. It's been a long day. I know. Uh, so the cast, Peter Horton plays Bert. He was Gary Shepard on 30-something mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. He more produces stuff now.
1: Yeah. Uh Linda, case hears a who?
0: Huh? No, David. <clears throat> he produces a lo- uh, some stuff with Shonda Rhimes quite oh, a bit. So
1: Part of the Shonda land.
0: Mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton is Vicky. Mm-hmm. Most people know Linda Hamilton because she's Fucking Sarah Connor, yeah, Queen Badass. Mm-hmm. It's like her and Ellen Ripley are like Queen Badasses. R.G. Armstrong is the old man. Yeah, he was. I've never seen this movie, but I know you have. He was Prune Face and Dick Tracy.
1: Oh yeah, great movie. Honestly, we should we should watch that too. Uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Um, to my
0: well, to my knowledge, I have never seen it. A
1: little sidetracked because I just feel like I'm just going to share more musical things. Yeah, go for it. There is a song in the soundtrack that I believe they did. Madonna did a music video with the guy that played 88 keys
0: mm. and
1: it is just, I'll, I'll pull it up for you later. Okay. Um, it's like now I'm following you, but just his voice is just silk. Cool. It's great. Um,
0: I like a good musical. So John Franklin is Isaac. Hmm. He was Cousin It in the Addams Family, the live-action ones in the 90s. Yeah. So he was in Addams Family and Addams Family Values.
1: Too legit. Too legit to quit. Yeah. Hey.
0: hey. Courtney Gaines' is Malachi. He was uh, <laughs> Wade. What? Outlander! Courtney Gaines' is Malachi. He was... At, do you remember the Sweet Home Alabama movie mm-hmm. with... He yeah. was the sheriff. Wade? Good. Good <laughs> yeah. Grief. He was also Hans Klopek in The Burbs, which I used to watch a lot when I was younger.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with with uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Carrie look- Fisher's
0: in it, too. Robbie Kiger is Job. He was Patrick in The Monster Squad.
1: Yes, great movie. One of my favorites as a child. Uh, Wolfman's got nards.
0: I think we've talked about that movie. If we haven't, we will one day. Oh, yeah. Anne-Marie McAvoy is Sarah. She was Kathy Santoni on several episodes of Full House. Huh. Julie Madalena is Rachel. She actually right now, she does a lot of voice work now.
1: Was she the, basically like the priestess of the? Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. She has done voice work for uh, several Dynasty Warriors games, Near Automata, and uh, Monster High. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's done a lot. As far as voice work re- in recent years. Hmm. Jonas Marlowe is Joseph. He did a lot of TV movies in the 80s. And then John Philbin is Amos. He was uh, Tom McLowery in Tombstone and was also Nathaniel in the original Point Break.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Budget of $800,000. Mm-hmm. Box office of $14.6 In
1: 1984 in, uh,
0: money. Yeah. That's significant. Nice. Uh, so, I have two facts, and then okay. we can jump into our discussion. So, Courtney Gaines, would you like to know how he won the role of Malachi?
1: I'd love to. Uh, was it just, you creep me out, you're Malachi?
0: No. Well, he used a prop knife to hold a casting assistant hostage at the audition. Mm. And kind of
1: reminiscent of a scene towards the latter end of the movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Apparently, Courtney Gaines to this day will have people tell him how scary they found him in that film, including like his kids' friends when they meet him will tell him that he found they found him so scary in that movie.
1: I just found him amusing.
0: No, oh, I know. It's one of our nephew Zeff. It's one of his favorite movies. I don't know why cool. <laughs> he finds it hilarious.
1: <laughs> Same. It's it's an absolute delight. Where's yeah, the horror?
0: I I know. And my other fun fact, John Franklin, who plays Isaac,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he was 24 at the time of filming.
1: Yeah, we were discussing this uh, earlier, right after I had done my rewatch. some said something about Isaac, and I said, fuck that little shit, his little hat. And she said, you know, he was 28 when they filmed that. 24. I said, or 24 when they filmed that. And I was like, fuck that old little shit, his <laughs> little
0: hat. So... I weirdly love this movie. I don't know what it is. I like Stephen King adaptations in general. I was on Twitter the other day and uh, Maddie from Frygay was talking about how he was watching Sleepwalkers and I was just like, yes, such a good movie. And I realize I'm in the minority when it comes to loving Stephen King adaptations. (sighs) I own several of them and I just rewatch them.
1: I think a lot of people like Stephen King adaptations. I just don't. You in, in general. you're not
0: a fan of Stephen King in general.
1: I'm, and the thing is, I've read many of his books, mm-hmm. I've read many of his short stories, mm-hmm. I've seen most of his films, even the not scary ones, mm-hmm. like Golden
0: Years. Oh my God, The Green Mile is such a good movie. The Green Mile's great.
1: Uh, Golden Years, I'm never getting those. Those are hours I'm never getting back. Shawshank Redemption, he wrote that. Shawshank was great.
0: I, <sighs> his oh. horror films, though.
1: Didn't he have something to do with Cat's Eye? Yes. That was fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. I also saw it when I was like seven. It was fantastic. It hasn't grown with me. His work hasn't grown with me.
0: I I, I get that.
1: I'm inured to it for the most part. There's nothing that gives me chills or fear. Yeah. I mean, I feel emotional connections to characters, which is a big check for me. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's just like people having a shitty day and sometimes people die. You no, know, oh, that's fair. I mean that that happens in real life, so it's like supernatural slice of life more than more than horror. When I wa- when I want to watch a horror, generally I'm signing up to say, okay, scare me, right? Make me uncomfortable at least. Yeah. Although, I just want to get this off my chest, so you don't have to feel so apprehensive.
0: Okay, because you told me you hate this movie.
1: <laughs> I told you I had seen this movie three times from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And since we we're rewatching it for your birthday episode, I was going to get it give it an honest chance.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. However
1: <laughs> No howevers. <It's>, oh, okay. <laughs> it's alright. It's it's a fun movie, if you can call it that, I guess. hmm um, there was a brief moment where I guess I had a an a, a brain fart because there was a part when when you were talking about Linda Hamilton doing the little Dance for his birthday thing, and yeah, she was, yeah, like yeah. Shaking about and stuff. I was like half paying attention at that part, and then I glanced over. And I'm like, "Wait, is that Kirstie Alley?" And then I remembered <laughs> that when I was little, I used to get Little Hamilton and Kirstie Alley mixed up.
0: Okay, similar to the way that I get Margot Kidder and Karen Allen confused. Yeah. Okay.
1: But like that was like the only moment, and then like the movie progressed, and I'm like, "No, that's clearly that's clearly Little Hamilton." Yeah. But, no, I mean it's it's a fine movie.
0: I will say I like the characterization of Burton and Vicki in this film much better than I do in the source material. Mm-hmm. And they did a remake of the film a couple of years ago for Sci-Fi Channel mm-hmm. that was closer to the book or the short story, rather. Because in the short story, Burton and Vicki are a married couple. And the film takes place in, I want to say, in the 70s. And Bert is actually a Vietnam veteran mm. who suffers from PTSD. And his hallucinations factor heavily into the narrative of the story. And he and Vicky in the story are just, like, at each other's throats. They fucking hate each other. They're constantly bitching. When he goes to investigate some stuff in the corn, he, like, takes the car keys with him so she, she can't leave him. They both end up dead in the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate the, the more nuanced characterization that I feel like they have in yeah. in this film. Because they're, they're people I actually care about. Because that's my thing with, with horror movies a lot of the time is, is I have to give a shit about at least one character. Yeah. If I don't care, I am not going to sit through it. I tried to watch... What the fuck was it? Drag Me to Hell. That is one of them where I just couldn't get into it because I didn't give a fuck about her. The one I tried to watch recently was The Gallows, mm. which normally when it comes to found footage films, I at least kind of try and sit through it. But this one, just nobody was realistic. I I, I didn't agree with the characterizations and I didn't care about any of the characters either. So it made it right. hard. Whereas with this with, with Children of the Corn, I care about Bert and Vicky. I'm invested in them.
1: They're likable and they're realistic. Yeah. They're they're not so over the top or so out there in one way or the other, either, well, I'm just going to do it my way. They
0: argue a little bit, like, they argue the normal amount that a couple argues when you're on a road trip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're stuck in the same car with someone for hours and hours.
1: Well, most likely days, considering. Days,
0: considering they're driving cross country. Yeah. Like, you're occasionally you're going to snip at each other yeah i mean hell just you and i driving to st louis we were starting to get a little a little snippy
1: maybe you were i was fine
0: i I was starting to get a little snippy (laughs) because i was the one driving and you were hungry and i I was hungry and i hate driving in st louis it's awful
1: I, i think that was the stress
0: yes but no they're realistic and i also really like job and sarah
1: One thing I want to point out there, when when the couple meets Job and Sarah, well, when they meet Sarah. They meet Sarah,
0: yeah.
1: Vicky is her name, right?
0: Yes, Vicky.
1: Vicky's like, what's your name? And she goes, Sarah. And she goes, oh, that's a beautiful name. I'm like, of course it is Sarah Connor. Of course it's a beautiful name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. In the extended universe of this, they move on. Mm -hmm. And then things go south. And then she changes her name. And become Sarah Connor. And then a man from the future comes in. And on one scary night, you know, they make John Connor happen.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's your alternate universe. James Cameron. Yeah. It's your alternate universe story. (laughs) Fuck. You've lost control of the show. Lost control of the quiz. Um... So what are you said you had a lot of thoughts about this particular movie? So I I would like to hear your thoughts, because my my thoughts on this movie are it's great fun and I love it. I love the OTT acting that happens sometimes because it's mostly kids. So you've got fucking Courtney Gaines Malachi being like, oh, no, no, we have your woman. And I'm just like, sir, it's only been three years. How did you completely forget how words work in three years? I also don't in the opening like them killing the all the adults. I get they poison a bunch of them in the in this little diner or whatever. But like they shove the guy who owns the place, they shove his hand into a like a deli slicer and I'm like what the fuck is that going to do?
1: It's going to slice his hand.
0: It's going to slice his hand. That's not that's not life threatening.
1: No. Well, I mean, unless maybe they move his hand out of the way and put his face in... Oh. 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 Ah, no. No. Ugh. No, I don't Ugh. want to think about that.
0: No, I worked in a deli, and cleaning the slicers was my, my least favorite part. I was always terrified I was going to cut myself. Anyway, moving on. What are your thoughts on this movie?
1: Well, they're scattered thoughts. Fortunately, I memorized them as I wrote them down, because I don't have my notes with me. However...
0: <laughs> what did you do? Did you leave them at work?
1: Yes. Good job. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, so... Some of my thoughts. I had to pause the movie for about a solid minute and a half because they said gasohol.
0: It's written in the opening credits. It's also on one of Sarah's uh, premonition drawings. Yes, gasohol
1: because they're, they're making fuel from the corn. I believe it's called ethanol, but uh, you know, gasohol. Sure.
0: Show not your pride, Malachi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now I'm thinking of an alternate <laughs> universe where he takes the role of Tangina. <laughs> Caroline, come into the light.
0: Malachi. He wants you too, Malachi.
1: Yeah. Um, no,
0: I haven't <clears throat> seen this movie a million times. No,
1: no, you haven't.
0: <laughs> just,
1: there's just all of these things that happen. Also, for animal lovers, uh, sorry, I had a moment of lucidity that I feel I, it is my duty to let you know I will be your personal does the dog die dot com. Yes,
0: but you don't see it. It's just alluded to fun fact. Actually, they were going to have they were like bigger special effects for things planned. So there actually is a there was originally planned to be when he when uh, the old man opens the hood of the truck. His dog's head is there
1: The Name Sarge
0: Sarge. Yeah. The dog's head is actually on the engine instead of just the handkerchief. But they didn't have the money for it. The studio told them to, like, tone it down.
1: So that happened.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: one of the most amusing pieces, uh, or or tense, I guess. I mean, I'm just going to say, I find it amusing. Some people might find it tense. Uh, towards the end, there's this... Uh, bird's basically surrounded by all, like, 12 kids. uh uh-huh. um, And he's got, uh, I don't know, a stick... Uh, a piece of metal, something. I don't know.
0: I think, that, it's, I think it's a hand scythe.
1: It just looked like a straight thing. Anyway, it, he's just, like, batting kids back. And I'm like, he. what he does is he essentially asserts himself in a way that says, um, I'm an adult and I can kick your ass, but I really would prefer not to. Yeah. I've already killed one kid by accident.
0: That kid was already dead.
1: Well, he was already dead, but he was standing in the road.
0: Yeah, but he wasn't going to die anyway. His throat had been slit.
1: Right. But, you know, he didn't realize that initially. And that that's traumatizing and a shock and everything. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I love... <laughs> well, and then I love how he just starts, like, chastising them for believing a child preacher and being like, your religion is bullshit. Basically, is what he's doing. He's like, your religion is bullshit, and here's why. Uh, And you're all fucking stupid for believing in it. See you later. And he starts to walk off, and all these kids are just like, Oh, all right. And it's like, put down their weapons and start to follow him. And I was like, is that all it takes (laughs) for you to turn your back on a religion that you were so strong in, you murdered your entire fucking town? Like,
1: Lord of the Flies piece of shit.
0: (laughs) Well, and like, they also have this whole thing where like, they got rid of all, all entertainment. So they don't have TV or music or anything. They don't play games. All they do is.
1: They're not allowed to draw.
0: They're not allowed to draw pictures or have fun at all. Apparently they just like, they tend the corn and live and that's it. Except for apparently some of the older ones are having children because at one point you see like one of the teenage girls has a baby Mm -hmm. and then, uh, Rachel is clearly meant to be pregnant. Mm. If you, I mean, at least if you look at the way that she carries herself and, and has her hands on her stomach, because the whole thing with this kid religion is that their perception and, and Isaac's whole thing with He Who Walks Behind the Rose is that the reason shit's fucked up is because of adults. Because once you reach a certain age, you automatically become like a horrible sinner. It's- and so these kids, when they turn 18, basically get told, okay, now it's time for your passage. You have to go into the court and join He Who Walks Behind the Rose. And like.
1: <laughs> it's little lamplight, Nebraska edition. Yeah, kind of. Little Lamplight is a community of children in, in, uh, Fallout 3. Except they don't
0: just expel you, they actively kill you. Well, they, well, their deity does. The
1: Ascension Day.
0: Well, yeah. Well, and the, the whole thing is, if you look at the wider Stephen King mythos, he who walks behind the rose is meant to be like an iteration of the Man in Black. Johnny um, Cash? No. Fuck off. <laughs> um, from the Dark Tower. Hmm who is also an iteration of Randall Flagg from The Stand. Stands. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it all ties in.
1: I like my version better of it being the man in black being Johnny Cash and just having some Stephen King character one at one point point say, I'd love to wear a rainbow every day.
0: You're so that, weird.
1: That just makes me smile. Well, you know,
0: when the man comes around. Exactly. Do you have any other thoughts about this movie? Um, gosh, I had
1: little, little nuanced things written down. Um, the the town signage is is not great, or well, the the signage on the road is not great because apparently, no matter which way they go, they wind up going to the same place.
0: Well, and I feel like that's a um, based on Sarah's drawings and stuff, they were faded. They were always faded to go to Gatlin,
1: which made me think of really bad quest markers in some games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you're like, okay, I'm there, I'm I'm here. Uh, why is it not activating? Why is it not saying I'm here? I, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Is it above me? Where, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. I love that the guy at the gas station slash service station has uh, has nothing. Yeah. It's like I don't have any gas.
0: I ain't got no gas.
1: Can't use the bathroom. Don't buy
0: no gas. Can't use the restroom.
1: <laughs> it's like I just want to use your phone.
0: I ain't got a phone.
1: <laughs> He's just. <laughs> The best customer service I have seen in years. Well,
0: because he's got this whole deal worked out with the, with the kids where they'll let him live.
1: And he supplies them. And he
0: supplies them with
1: gasoline, ga-
0: gasoline and, and other stuff.
1: Until they have a big enough supply of gasohol.
0: Well, because that's one of the things that um, Malachi gets in trouble for is for, for killing the old man. And because that's the whole thing where Isaac's like, you killed him and he was still useful. No, we have our own fuel for the corn. Show not your pride, Malachi. We have not nearly enough.
1: He's so sassy.
0: I know, right? I fucking love this little bitch.
1: He's so sassy. I, I know.
0: <laughs> like, <sighs> we've come to bring you peace.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I love peas. Peace. Oh.
0: You would be that smart ass that would say shit like that to someone who's about to murder you.
1: I've always had this theory that, you know what, if I am in a situation that is inescapable, the least I can do is befuddle and confuse the hell out of whoever's going to attack me. Yeah. Like, I always had this plan when I was in high school. Like, if I ever got surrounded by a bunch of people, I would just start stripping. Yeah. Like, not sexy stripping. Just strip off all my clothes. Because who wants to beat up a naked dude? Ancient Uh, Greeks. Well, okay. But, like, in, in, in modern American high school, in the... In in the nineties or middle school in the, in the early nineties, no one's going to touch you if you're naked. It's like a get out of jail naked card. It's not free. I mean, you're going to get in trouble, but hopefully not beat up.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. There's a, um, how to survive a horror movie book that I have where they talk about one of the things is, uh, if you're in like a saw style trap, ask for clarification, basically just play dumb.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, how am I supposed to do this? You gave me a Swiss Army knife. Which attachment should I use?
1: Well, listen. You're you're supposed to use but what a it, saw blade? But it's, it's,
0: but but you gave me all these attachments.
1: What you plan on using the corkscrew?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is you just act like an idiot and just keep questioning the instructions until they get frustrated to let you go.
1: I'll repeat the instructions again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Are you are you done with your thoughts on Children of the Corn?
1: I guess so. I, I love it. O- it's, it's overall. I don't hate it. I, I don't. Okay. I don't hate it. Okay? It's not a go-to for me. It but is. I, yeah. I know it is for you. but I know. So is Tremors. Again, not a go-to for me.
0: I'm sorry. And that's okay. I'm weird. No, you
1: have your preferences and tastes and I have mine. And that's okay. I'm weird. Okay, you can be weird too. Thank you. It's just gonna be awkward when we both show up to the weird ball and we're both wearing the same weird outfit.
0: Well, we'll wear different weird outfits.
1: But I'm weird.
0: We'll coordinate.
1: Oh. So we'll match?
0: No. Anyway, let's wrap this up.
1: Okay, if we must.
0: If we must. Very briefly, hmm. I want to mention a couple things. Okay. Uh, David and I both jumped on the uh, Squid Game bandwagon. Yeah. That was very good. Yes. Even if it did make me exceedingly angry.
1: I thought it was very clever.
0: Uh, another non-horror movie I highly recommend watching... Dark Waters. Oh,
1: God. Yeah.
0: Which is about the lawyer who sought to take down DuPont. Which uh, mm. Mark Wahlberg's in it. Tim Robbins. It's a really good movie. Mark Wahlberg's in it? Not Mark. Mark Ruffalo.
1: <laughs> I was going to say they're very, two very different people. You
0: Mark want, Ruffalo's in it.
1: <laughs> you don't want to see Mark Wahlberg angry.
0: No. Another thing that I recommend, I haven't finished it yet, but I started watching Dope Sick
1: mm, yeah. on
0: Hulu which is about Purdue and their role in the opioid epidemic in the United States. Yeah. So it will also make you angry. I asked this question earlier today. Is it still a conspiracy if you're right?
1: I'll answer that with a line from, which I'm sure it's not just a line from a Nirvana song. Just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, (laughs) I knew there was a line from a song, and I couldn't remember what it was. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah. Moving on to the actual wrap-up. As always, you can find us on our website, h2horrorcast.com. There are episode links, uh, links to our Facebook, our Twitter. You can send us an email directly. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing. Whatever. You know. Yeah. There's also a link to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We are patreon.com slash h2horrorcast. You can uh, support us for as little as a dollar a month, mm-hmm. which would be awesome. But again, don't feel obligated. You can support us in other ways, like rating us on Apple podcast. I think you can also rate on Google mm-hmm. and you can give up to a five star review on Spotify now, yeah. which would be super helpful also. Yeah, or just like recommend us to a friend if you know somebody who you think would be interested in this weirdness that we do every week. You know, shoot them a link and be like, "Hey, these people are cool and weird."
1: Actually, got feedback from one of our one of our listeners that that I happen to know personally.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: And they said, uh, "I'm not really super big into horror, but uh, y'all are couples goals." Oh. So.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> are we really?
1: <laughs> I mean.
0: Sure. I tell you, fuck you, like once an episode. How is that a couple's goal?
1: Do I get upset about it?
0: No. No, because
1: I know it's not meant hurtfully.
0: That's fair.
1: I think we communicate pretty well.
0: We do. That's what happens when your first few dates are just playing co-op video games. Yes. You, if you and your significant other are having trouble communicating, play a co-op video game together and that will vastly improve your communication skills.
1: That's why we need to play that game.
0: We'll play it, yes. David got us It Takes Two, and we'll have to play it. I mean,
1: it's Game of the Year, so, like, duh. And it's it's on Game Pass. That's fair.
0: We'll we'll play it and get back to everybody. Yeah. Anyway, uh, until next time, I'm Tia.
1: And I'm still David of the corn. (laughs) Outlander! Why are you of the corn? I don't know, because I'm corny.
0: You are that, and I still love you. Thank you. Stay spooky, friends.
1: (laughs) Bye. Music for this episode is Save Us Now by Shane Ivers. Our artwork is by Katherine Nixon.